All right. Hello, everyone. This is Father Michael Tischel. And Strati Papa Georgiou. And we are an Im- Imperfect perfect. Podcast. Very, very podcast. I mean, imperfect. I mean, I mean podcast. podcasts. Perfect. Imperfect. Not perfect. Cue music. I know, I know. I switched it up a little bit. Nice, nice. Well, I got distracted because Olympia walked by, so... Oh, no. No problem. Hi, Olympia. No, she can't hear you. I put the headphones in. Okay. She's she's taking a course on here. Nice. On here. In the other room. I I understand. So, so your shirt. Oh, yeah. I think... Is it the same one? Have a nice day. No, somewhere else. (laughs) I actually haven't... I don't know if I've seen that one before. Have a nice day with a smiley face, and then below it's like in darker letters somewhere else. Yeah, like they're that. they're relatively new. Somebody got them for me. I like that. That's funny. Yeah, it's cute. I'm tolerating them. <laughs> Who's this somebody? Should we ask? On it's my grandmother. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for it to be like a special lady no. friend or something. <laughs> Oh, well, I mean, she's a special she lady friend. She is a special friend. lady friend, yes, yes, for sure. For sure. She is, indeed. Well, that's wonderful, Stratty. Thank you. That's wonderful. Yeah. So, how you been? How you been hanging in? Good. Uh, okay. You know, we... I mean, the nice, is, the nice thing is I, I do get out and I go to... I do the services. Yeah. Um, I actually... I haven't been to this many services consecutively in a long time. Uh... How do you feel about that? I, <laughs> How does that make you feel? Should I like recline on a couch? Um, yeah, I, it makes me feel good. It's good, uh, uh, but like, I don't think I get to zone in on what's happening. Uh, the live chat, the live chat uh, keeps me distracted sometimes. Although, although lately they've been they've been better, but like I have to watch it, or somebody's gonna come in and they're gonna say something crazy or nutty or insulting rude right i mean i don't you don't even know i mean just like any anything you can imagine trolling yeah any anything you can ima- come up with enters enters the live chat right but yeah. it also gives people a good outlet for learning asking yeah. questions um you know people say hello to each other they, they recognize each other from last stream and the stream before that and like oh nice it's kind of like almost like an online little community of people right that, sure that, yeah it's pretty cool so that is cool uh, the issue is that it's a service so i i i try sure. to like i've been lately been trying to minimize the amount of idle chat idle idle talk or right um what is it philargia yeah yeah yeah, and uh, the other thing I try to do is have moments of silence in chat. So, like, mm. during um, Epiclesis, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit. Um, yeah, that's nice. Yeah, I, I ask for everybody to be quiet. Or during, you know, other things like that, I ask people to... They, they, they respect it. I mean, somebody might not catch that. and Right. But... That's a whole other dimension, huh? Just... Oh, yeah. Like, 
yeah, that's it's, it's such an interesting, it is an interesting concept as far as uh, I know it's the relationship between the physical. I know that's something a lot of people have been struggling with, wrestling with these days is that whole kind of um, yeah the the breakdown in the kind of like physical yeah um, communal gathering. Yeah, so, so, so our topic for today is a continuation of uh, last week's podcast, which uh, we opened up a, a can of worms. I mean, a, a very important topic, um, which is uh, who, who is Strati? Who are yeah. you, Strati? And uh, we had a, I think we had a beautiful conversation last week. Uh, you shared some really wonderful memories and insights about sort of your uh, background, um, having uh, been born in uh, Virginia. Uh, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. um, and then um, moving at the age of three to Cyprus um, very early on, where you lived for the next seven years. Eh, uh, seven and a half, eight. Seven and a half, eight years um, with your family. Your father was serving in Ayanapa, mm-hmm. um, in the parish where his, uh, in the town rather, where his family had um, had moved, had resettled after. Uh, the Turkish invasion and their their forced uh, departure from northern Cyprus, and um, yeah, and and you were kind of reflecting on various experiences, both uh, both in the states, you know, returning uh, from Cyprus, and then also in Cyprus itself, um, and just how your various influences, your mom being American convert, your dad being a Cypriot uh, born uh, Orthodox uh, grandson of a priest and now priest himself. Um, how all of those sort of influences kind of form your own identity. Um, and that was sort of your past, your, your, your identity as it's formed by your personal, familial, and cultural history. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, now, you know, we had the thought of turning more towards, well, you know, who are you in the uncertain present? Uh, and, uh, and certainly if you want to fill anything in as far as, uh, uh, you know, what we talked wanna- about. Now that I think about it, I think, you know, you're just gonna close close that chapter. Yeah, we can we can. I mean, you know, there's a lot of other things I could have said that, uh, but nah, sure, it's all good. I think that I think that the concept, the idea, of what everything you just summarized is a good enough, is good okay. enough for for to understand who, where where I came from. And I I really loved especially that little vignette, the little story that you shared about um, driving. Um, yeah. to uh, Pascha morning right. liturgy, it early, early morning. Well, Pascha, it was, Chris, it was Christmas. But we... Oh, it was Christmas. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, that, and, and if I may, because yeah. I, I, I wanted to just remind ourselves and our listeners about that little vignette that you shared of like oh, sure. on, on the way to Christmas, um, early morning Christmas liturgy and your, you, your father had picked up your yaya, I believe, and you were hiding in the very back, and you kind of surprised her. And mm-hmm. there, there's just something very sweet about the story and poignant about the fact that it was very early in the morning. It's for like a 5 o'clock in the morning liturgy or something like that. Yeah, 5.30. Uh, 5.30, okay. Maybe 5, 20, <laughs> 25 or something. Whatever, whatever. <laughs> um, and we, we, kind of, we kind of discussed a little bit how, how holistic our sense of holy tradition is in the Orthodox Church. That it's not it's not a scholastic understanding of yeah. these these sort of holy uh, texts or writs, you know, of yeah. kind of um, a, a, a text based uh, tradition. Although the texts are certainly significant, 
but there is this kind of tradition between the lines uh, that has to do more with, you know, things like baking the prosforon and, and, you know, the passing down literally of the, the leaven from one generation to the next for the holy bread that's going to be used for communion or little moments like this with family on the way to church and things mm-hmm. that are all sort of, I would say, kind of in concentric circles, yeah. you know, um, kind of ripple effects of of it's, the feasts and it's living your life. It's living a life within the confines of the of the confines within the within the realm of the church, not you know in seemingly secular ways. Um, you seemingly know, non-related. Seemingly non-related ways, although all of it having to do in relation to it. Um, yeah, and that was I think that was the most special part about being there. I mean. I guess another another aspect was my my grandparents themselves were were pretty de- not just devout but I'd say almost sanctified uh, holy holy people. I mean, um, yeah. Tell you, me more. What what are you? What are your reflections well, on their their lives in that regards? Well, you know, they were people of prayer, and they were people of devotion. Um, what does that mean exactly? I mean, like what. How, well, my grandfather any? was praying and reading holy scriptures and things all the time and praying all the time and fasting all the time and and my grandmother the same and uh this is actually something that my father doesn't uh never tells the story outside outside family but it, but essentially before my grandmother died not like at the immediate moment she died but um she died in like 2003 I think and uh, on, uh, around the time she died, like maybe 15 minutes before or something, she started to tremble. And, um, and uh, my uncle, uh, who was there, he goes, Mom, Mom don't, be, don't, don't, don't be scared, don't be worried. And uh, she responded, um, I'm, not, I'm not worried. Mm. Or, I'm not scared. It's the Lord. Mm. And I mean, it wasn't like one of those, I don't think it was one of those right at death moments where people, people say that it's a hallucination, it's all kinds of stuff. This was a few minutes before, mm. you know, this was some time before, a little bit of time before. And she said she saw the Lord. Um, you know, obviously we're not declaring her a saint or uh, we're not going to make icons of her, but they were very close to... They were very close to Christ, and very close in that regard, you know, they, yeah. And they both were. I mean, my, when I was a kid, my, my grandfather, he, who I'm named after, um, he, uh, yeah, he, um, he was really quiet and really stern-seeming. But by the end, I think I said this last time, he was like honey by the end. <laughs> and, and he was always, always praying. He, he had the, the Jesus prayer on his lips, so, mm. all the time. So, I mean... That too also shapes a lot of things as well. Yeah, yeah. How, do, how I mean, obviously, there are probably more ways that it shaped you that you're not right aware of or conscious of. But but uh, what are some of the ways that you feel that it shaped you in a conscious way? That I can think of at the very moment, probably just seeing their example. Mm-hmm. You know, just seeing their example, their their lifestyle, their you know, seeing his a little more, I mean, I saw his until I was 26, you know, I, he was alive until a few years ago. 
Um, but, you know, still feeling, feeling the love that came from, especially her, you know, grandmothers and such, such feeling the love that came from her, uh, which I'm imagining was also spiritual, uh, you know, flowing through her prayers, uh, was probably, you know, largely an unseen sort of, uh, you know, but, um, I had, I had a, I had a great, uh, as we say, adinamia, but like weakness or, or, you know, special sort of, uh, feeling for my grandmother that I didn't realize I had until after she passed away, mm. which was an interesting thing. It's like, mm-hmm. I, I, we moved, it was sad. And then it wasn't until after when she died. And then I went back for a visit that it actually struck me how much I actually cared about her. Mm. So that's, and that's like three or four years after moving mm. that we actually finally got to go back and it suddenly just hit me how much mm. i actually cared about her which can't be uh you know something i don't know a delayed affection you know <laughs> i've never really heard of that so i mean yeah you know um i've 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 often thought about that because like you know they're even just with like my parents or something sure. like that like there are times when it's like maybe on a conscious level like you know that you love your family right i mean yeah but on a conscious level <laughs> it's like in this moment like let's say i'm stressed about something or i'm tired or something like that and like i don't always feel on a conscious level that affection right yeah but and i've and i've often wondered about that or like you know or like maybe if you just meet somebody and you really enjoy meeting them and then you leave and you go about your life and it's like and you see them again and it's like oh i forgot you existed right you know, and, and that feeling of like disconnection and like almost like forgetting about someone ex- that someone existed, especially someone that you kind of like have some sort of attachment to. Yeah. Like at first that like really scared me. Yeah. Because it's like, wow, if I could like forget that somebody exists like and I really love them, like what does that say about reality? Yeah. And like, well, but what, what can I just let me just finish the thought. Oh, so it, ahead, does, it doesn't it, it doesn't end so nihilistically. Sure, but, sure, sure. Yeah. Basically. What I came to was like, I, I truly believe that, you know, our conscious level of like perceiving the world is like, like a fraction of a percentage of, of our, of like who we actually are. Hmm. And that there's so much that goes on beneath the surface of who we are. Yeah. That if, if it came down to it, like if someone's health were at stake or like, you know, someone like a loved one if i found out you know that they were sort of maybe their life was at risk you know that the love that i have deep down inside is going to well up yeah in ways that i didn't even know existed you know and it's all there it's just under the surface of my consciousness you know i i guess what made what makes it to me stand out so much is that it happened you know okay we moved i i I think I think when I was, I was told that she was going to die while I just never re, you know I talk about a childhood sort of attack not an intellectual attack uh, affection a totally under the under the sort of a, from childhood something mm-hmm. that you know you don't remember as well as sure. other things and um this is interesting for me because I never I never really thought about it this way cuz I I think for the longest time um 
I don't know. It was it was really interesting. And I think I agree with you. Most of our, you know, I agree with you. It just, uh, that was the first time and that, that was the first time that it became so apparent to me that you can you can have a, a an affection for somebody and not even know you had the affection for them. Right, that's interesting. Yeah, you know, because it, I think when, when I was told she was going to die, it, it it hit me hard, but not quite as hard until I went back to, for a visit, and then I said, yeah. "We're going to go downstairs because we were at an upstairs apartment above them. Um, we're going to go downstairs. And we're going to see my grandmother, or no, we're going to see." Uh, Papu, which is grandfather, Papu and Yaya, and then I, it struck me that she's not gonna be there, and I was like, you know, oh my gosh, mm. you know, you know. And anyway, no, it's interesting. I mean, it's I, to me, it's interesting how things like grief and and love, like sometimes we feel like we need to force those things, right? Yeah, you yeah. know, like like if someone passes, like I need to feel sad because they yeah. passed, right? And ultimately, okay, if if you need to do that a little bit, just you know, to sure. make yourself feel better, whatever. <laughs> uh, that's, that's really harsh. We may have to cut that out too. But <clears throat> no. But what I'm what I'm really getting at is that, you know, I've experienced this a tiny bit myself, and and I've heard and read that people really experience this. You know, who have you know had gone through tragic losses and things is that, you know, grief is is so unpredictable and kind of unexpected <laughs> the way that it all happens yeah. and, and oh, love yeah. it love is too right yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. you know you can't force these things in many ways and um yeah and yeah so i think i think in many ways it was their example of life and their simplicity the simplicity part is huge simplicity but also their arjontia mm-hmm. their their um it's like simple lordly, no, dignity yeah no yeah. nobility but in a nobility, but, right nobility but in a in a simple nobility sure that that so many not a pretentious no not at all pretentious uh, that they had that I think is huge because it it does kind of reflect a, a a Cyprus of 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 old that does and does not exist anymore um, and when I say that I mean like there are still some people are like that but that generation that are that you know lived before the invention of the the of not the invention or before the coming of electricity to their island is becoming smaller and smaller. And that generation that lived in, you know, basically lived in, a, in an environment of, of, of the Orthodox Church as a literally um, their day and their night, their cycle of, the, of life was the cycle of the church were one and the same almost. Everything revolved around the church, not just in an intellectual, not even in an intellectual way, but in a living it way. And they were a generation that, they were kind of the last generation. I mean, my father caught it. So obviously, sure. obviously he's, you know, he, but, you know, they were the oldest generation that was alive, you know, by the time they passed that had experienced that sort of thing and, and, and never left it. They all continued to live it, <laughs> which clashed with the rest of reality around them clashed with the, not that they you know what was they, it i guess what what was the it that they continued to live they never changed i mean you know how you say sometimes that we say elderly people don't change their ways mm-hmm. in that in that sense they didn't change who they had been for 40 years up until the invasion or 30 well 40 years uh, not more 50 years until they until the invasion mm-hmm. for my grandfather 
They didn't when, change. What, what was the forty years up from from when up until the invasion? From their birth to the to the uh-huh, invasion. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, from the from their birth to the invasion. What do you mean by they didn't change their ways? They continued to live the life of the church like they did in their village, mm-hmm. but just not in their village anymore. And mm-hmm. in a world that was becoming more and more globalized, secularized, uh, all these ideas and 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 secular concepts and things coming in, new economic realities that they were uh, yeah. coming into contact with, and and new lifestyles that they were coming into contact with. And probably for no other reason other than this is what they knew, they rejected all that <laughs> and just continued to live their life like they would have before. And I got to see that, is what I'm getting at. I got to see that sort of, you know, uh, a Cyprus completely immersed in, in, in the church and in its traditions. Even though I didn't necessarily, I, I played, I had video games and I, you know, I, I watched cartoons and things. Yeah, uh, you, weren't, you weren't kind of reflecting on it in a no in a in a kind of mature way because you were a kid right i i didn't know i (laughs) so you have you have those impressions that you can now kind of go back and reflect on but you yeah i think simply just being near it at Mm -hmm. all influences me in so many ways i don't even realize i hope it does anyway sure yeah so i guess i guess that 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 can be discussed as who i am now i mean that kind of segues it that's I can't talk, you know, kind of, you can't, who was it? Well, they say you can't talk about who you are now if you don't talk about who you were. Yeah. Uh, so I guess that kind of, kind of seg. So there, there are a lot of different avenues, I feel like, you know, and I think the, the description that you have already offered of your past is really rich. Um, and, um, you know, I guess one question <laughs> is... Yeah, how how does <laughs> here's another here's here's one of those uh, psychotherapist questions, right? It's like how does how does it make you feel? How how does I'm I'm leaning back. How, good. How does the richness of your heritage make you feel as you like Strati? Like in other words, I mean, I the way that I heard you reflecting on it, it was it was a, a really beautiful reflection and I didn't get the sense that you were like sort of like, you know, feeling burdened by the, by the beauty and richness and, and sanctity of your heritage. Um, but I guess, yeah, just, just maybe on a more personal note, like how, are, are there ways in which that might feel like a, a high bar, I guess, um, as yeah. far as your personal life? Yeah, I think that I, I, I have at times, um, thought you know how could I but at this you know that sort of high bar kind of thing that I at the end of the day they were also people people sure and they probably had many mistakes that they did in their lives so I try without trying to idealize them and, and put them on a pedestal um yeah there is a certain element of and some of them are and some of the elements are just simply from just come with the territory of living in the 20 of being a child of the 21st century i mean born in the 20th century but you know majority of my life has been in the 21st um the age of the internet the age of uh technology it's just i live a different we live a different mm-hmm. reality than them sure grandparents specifically uh that even my living grandparents grandparent 
lives now, where she basically lives in the world I live in. Yep. Is on Facebook, is on whatever. Um, yeah, they, they never watch TV. <laughs> right. They, 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 you know, they, they never, I mean, I think they might have listened to the radio. Sure. Um, but like I said, they were very much, dis- so I'm, I'm disconnected in that sense of, of, so I can't compare myself easily. Right. I can't put myself in the shoes of a person who, who basically lived in an era where they, right. where they, where they took out the oxen to, to, to plow their fields with. I mean, yeah. by the seventies, my grandfather was using a tractor, but I, I have to imagine that early on. Sure. You know, he used oxen or whatever. So it's hard to, <laughs> I know, hard to yeah. have it's... that same standard for myself of purity. Cause it, there was purity in that. They, they right. didn't, they didn't, we're not exposed to things that I'm exposed to. So they had that clean, mm-hmm. you know, sort of, I'd argue more clean, uh, with, but not to say that it didn't have its, you know, issues. I mean, yep. they, they, they were from a period of revolution too. They, mm-hmm. they were not that my parents necessarily my own grandparents, but there was a revolution in Cyprus against the British, mm-hmm. and many Cypriots were fanaticized over their, over, uh, over this. Yeah, well, nationalism for towards the Greek. They wanted mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. They wanted to reunite with Greece. I see. Have, right. have Greece be uh, Cyprus and Greece be one, the same right. nation. And my grandfather and grandmother, but you know, we were part of that movement. Yep. Um, so I mean, they experienced another danger, a spiritual danger, uh, which could have resulted in hatred, could have resulted in all kinds of things. I don't think they fell to it. Obviously, you know, towards their later years. I never saw that, but you still heard my grandfather from time to time have a word, sure. you know, say a word about all that, and, yep. it, and it it was always the, the, uh, I don't know the the the, the party line, if you may, <laughs> you know, oh, it was terrible. We lived under the British in poverty, you know. When reality, yes, they lived in a sort of poverty, but at the same time, the British actually brought a lot of. Good advancements to Cypriot life, infrastructure things that helped. The, my grandfather probably would never hear any of that, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so so kind of coming to terms with the yeah humanity of these people. They were humans. They were oh yeah know, living cl- after the fall, and they yeah, and they clashed with they clashed with their other grandchildren too. Uh, in the in terms of lifestyle, they, they couldn't. Uh, f- understand well, why are you going out to eat all this all the time and, and you know all all this stuff you know I don't know if they criticized the way they dressed or not but um, I don't I never heard that they did but 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 you could imagine they would because we're talking about a people that wore skirt long skirts and 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 and, uh, and you know pants even in the summertime uh, so you know yeah yeah that's interesting um yeah, so I mean, I, I in many ways, I, what I hear you saying is, um, you know, there's a sense of gratitude, a sense of enrichment that you feel from, you know, your past, um, a, a, a sensitivity to not wanting to over-idealize anybody or anything, um, recognizing that people are human, that there were there was it was messy even back then. But yeah. cer- certainly that there was a, 
you know, and this is this is kind of the paradox of of definitely a higher moral standard right, too. Sure, yeah. To me, it's like the the phenomenon of sanctity, right, is so interesting because sanctity takes place within the broken vessel of fallen humanity, you know, and um, so what does it mean that somebody is more sanctified, you know, and I, I don't even know if the question is, I, I, I don't even think it's a helpful question of like, well, how is it possible that someone's more sanctified than someone else? Right. You know what I mean? Because it's like, I don't know if that's even a fruitful although, question. Although there is an example of, I think it was, who was it? It was a desert father who said, another desert father went to him and said, why is it that you... More people come to you, and and nobody comes to me. And he, and he just looked at him, and he said, "I love God more than you do." Nice, that's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> but he said it without any yeah, it was pride. a guileless kind of. Yeah, guileless, yeah, yeah. He was yeah. just explaining to him. I just happen to love God more than you. <laughs> well, I, yeah, there's probably I, something to that. I yeah. do agree with you. I do agree with you. It's it's not like it's not. We can't say like this saint was more holy than this saint. Like right, put right. Like a yardstick out and, and right. start measuring sanctity. Right. <laughs> Yeah, so so this connection between past and present, and uh, you were mentioning yeah. that you you sort of now feel like you're you're ready after we've yeah. been talking for this amount I of time about who various I things. I am now. You, you maybe have a sense of, of where you a want lot to go of it is who you are now. It, 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 it's it's pre predisposition as well. In other words, personality disposition. So, but. But all the things of my past formulate everything I think of, not everything, but a lot of what make up my predisposition as well. So I'm very much a person who's interested in history, in theology, in culture, in, and, and not just cultures, but my own culture, something that a lot of people, I think, don't much think of. Uh, and when I say that, I mean, like, I was, I, I, I am and I was, was more so in the past into, uh, folk dancing, Greek dancing, or, um, and, and then, you know, then the, the history and, and stuff. So, um, I think that was always there as to who I, like, like, I remember when I look back, I didn't realize it, just like the, how I felt about my grandmother, but I didn't realize it until recently, but the class that I spent the most attention in uh, was history. Even in elementary school, I hated, I didn't like school, even back in elementary school. But even through that, I now think back and the class that I can tell you the most about was history class. Um, and filmmaking. I liked, I even made little movies in Cyprus. And either with my sister or with friends. And so then add those kinds of dispositions towards that. And then theology. I would have theological conversations with my dad, even as a, a little child. So add all of that with the richness of the Cypriot, uh, you know, re religious uh, culture with a deeply theological person, which is Father Panayoti, add, add in a, a sprinkling of, 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 you know, interest in movies and, and, and making them. And, and it's just this combination of things has formed who I am today and, and uh, 
what things interest me. I, I care a lot about theology. I care a lot about uh, even ecclesiolo- ecclesiology. I care a lot about a lot of these topics that I don't think I would have had I not had the father that I had and I not lived where I lived. Yeah. Or at least I wouldn't have had the deep perspective of having lived there, right? I, I might still have had a deep interest in a lot of them, but I wouldn't have had that sort of, that uh, salt of the earth uh, sort of perspective. I guess one question I have is, how do you feel about your, what's your relationship with creativity? Well, it depends on what, what, can you elaborate a little bit more? Yeah, I mean, like, you know, the creative process. I mean, you're, you work in Trisagion Films as, I mean, you're the producer, um, filmmaker, editor. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of creative uh, director. Uh, director, yeah. Yep. So there's a, there's a lot of creating going on, <laughs> right? Yeah, sure. Um, I guess what is your, hmm. I mean, it's a personal question as far as what you do, but it's also kind of a general question as far as right. how do you see the creative process, I guess, and, and creation I, and, you know. Yeah. You know. Uh, the, the business, if you may, in quotes, I hate saying it, like the business we're in, um, but, but actually the business we're in has to take on a form of respect to tradition. Mm-hmm. And I've listened to a lot of um, discussions about traditional Greek music, and what or Byzantine chant for that matter, and the and the and the underlying sort of thing that these chanters or musicians, even dance instructors or 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 musical or people who study these things or whatever whenever they're asked about this exact thing about creativity or, or about tradition itself, what, what is the creative process? And it's always with looking to the, to the past mm-hmm. without, without, um, with great respect, but at the same time, putting your own self, um, aspect of your own, um, self into it. Sure. So that's, that's what I do. I, I, I don't, we don't alter the, the ethos and ethos of orthodoxy. Right. But I definitely add in see, sometimes even provocative uh, elements like mm-hmm. at the St. John of Damascus where we had the, call of, the Islamic call to prayer and mm-hmm. it which actually upset people mm-hmm. uh, having that in there. Mm. And, and, and that's me. That's me mm-hmm. putting a, a, a uh, you know, maybe to somebody blasphemous concept in a video about the great St. John of Damascus. But the reason I put it in was to provocatively show you what, give you like a small taste of what it was like to live under Islam. Mm-hmm. And you're hearing that cry five times a day, every day, for the rest of your life. And that, that sort of, that, that sort of, uh, giving you taste of it. And, and, you know, so that, that's, I think that's an interesting. I mean, this this makes sense, right? So, uh, so when it comes to traditional music, you listen to the old recordings, and then you add your own spin to it. Right. You don't completely re 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 recreate it from sure. scratch. Sure. So just like we don't recreate orthodoxy, we don't. Right. We don't make orthodoxy fast food in the sense of like, we don't. Um, 
I don't know. We don't uh, make fast-paced, fun videos about, you know, uh, I don't know. <laughs> they're not. They're quote not unquote f- relevant. I mean, that, yeah, that, quote when, unquote when you, relevant. Right. And you, not, that 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 sense of relevance as yeah immediately gratifying. Yeah, we don't we watch what secular creators on the internet do and then copy them but add a, an orthodox element what we do is to the best of our ability try to portray orthodoxy mm-hmm. not without adding our own flavor right yeah no that makes sense and i think but and and, and that's what i that's what i do in creativity i kind of that my, it's like making an icon you, you shouldn't to make an icon looking like Picasso and call it an icon. You have to look at iconography of centuries old and then add your own little... Right. Well, and I think the thing that interests me is when you're talking about the ethos and the ethos of orthodoxy, could we say that that the ethos leaves room for the unique voice of the individual um, creator, whether it's an iconographer. In other words, what I'm I'm trying to say is on some level you could say, well, I'm trying to maintain the ethos of orthodoxy through this creation and then also add my own voice. But I think another way of putting it would be to say the ethos itself of orthodoxy Mm -hmm. allows for us to, to... plug in fully to the tradition of the church through this the the mysteries the sacraments and everything and and also be our unique selves and i think i mean and and in fact the ethos or the, the plugging into the mysteries makes us even more our unique selves than we were before right i mean it yeah, we, be, yeah, yeah. we become more there's that beautiful beauty of like even like a lot of talk people talk about this in like monasticism where Especially, I think, in the West, there's this kind of caricature of monasticism as, like, Monty Python, like, all those monks marching along, right. kind of, like, solemnly praying. They all look exactly the same. Cookie cutter, kind of, like, you're an introvert, you're, you right. know. And then the reality of it, in Western but, monasteries, but I think, I would say, especially in, especially in orthodoxy, in, is this, this beauty of, of, like, no, not, I mean, it's not, you don't have to be an introvert by any means. No, not whatsoever. <laughs> you know? And and each individual monk or nun has such a there's such a beauty to the uniqueness I think and, and yet and yet and yet a similarity yeah sure to, you sure know. there is a similarity yep depending although I've seen some 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 out there some out, some some outspoken monks you are you are a, a unique your unique voice within a tradition a unique voice within the the within the realm of, of the church and of the, that's, that's, you know, and that's what I try to portray that, that, so creativity, uh, when it comes to creating these things, like, I, I, like I said before, I can't make a water slide type, you know, have like a fun theme park sort of interpretation of all this stuff. I, you know, I, we have to, we have to do it from the confines of the... And some people don't understand it, and we've had people in the past who've come to us and, and wanted to help us, but just could not see that sort of... You know, wanted us to... Uh, I don't know. Uh, make it more secular, I guess, and it's... You know... And it's... Uh, 
delivery, if you may. Sure. Uh, and it, you know, we can't do that. I mean, the church didn't survive for two thousand years by um, intact, and not in a thousand pieces by by conforming to every philosophical um, outlook of life or every lifestyle that it came across. You know. Yeah, I guess one one. Example. Whether it be iconoclasm or be, sorry, right. whether it be iconoclasm or Arianism or or sure. you know whatever heresy might have been in style at the time, the church was like, wait, no, not quite. Anyway, sorry to interrupt. No, 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 no. I I think it's just some one thing that I've I've thought about. Um, as far as like tradition, like the continuity of tradition, and also the the uniqueness of individuals, and also eras, ages, right, um, is, like, for example, like some of the more contemporary saints and elders, um, St. Porfirio, St. Paisios, now St. Sophroni of Essex, and how there's a sense in which, at least I would argue, that you, I would never doubt their adherence, their, their devotion, their loyalty to the holy tradition of the church, right? Mm-hmm. while simultaneously seeing a surprising sort of uniqueness in yeah, yeah. not only each of them individually in their personalities, but also in what they offer to the church in our particular time and place. So, for example, you know, St. Porfirios's contribution, quote-unquote, sure. of, you know, this way of love, this way of yeah, gentleness, yeah. you know, and yeah, yeah, yeah. the kind of bloodless path, right? It's like, right. so, so in many ways, it, it, and it do, and it is found in the tradition of the church, right? I mean, you yeah. can find it. I, I, you know, I could St. John Chrysostom and others, right, right, you know, right, right. but there is also a very... You kind of focused on it. Yeah, focused on it and sort of, yeah, brought it out and... Expounded upon it. Expounded upon it. And, and I think in many ways, if we were to ask him... You know, and, and, and he himself said this at various points, that focus is based specifically on the unique challenges of our times versus other times. Mm-hmm. And and similarly with someone like um, someone like Saint, uh, Saint, now Saint Sophroni, you know, in the way that he set up his monastery, in the way that his even the iconography that was employed, and I mean, so many different aspects and elements are, you know, as um, Metropolitan Nicholas Hadzi Nicolaou um, hmm. uh, of... of uh, Mesoyes. Mesoyes, yeah. Uh, uh, At, again. Yeah, anyway. At, I can't as, remember the rest of it. Yeah, I can't either. But Lab, as he... Lab as the keys? Something Sorry. Like that. Continue. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> when he visited Essex, his comment, I'm told, his comment was, this monastery looks totally wrong because... They purchased it, it w- and there were like they were basically like converted chicken coops, and like, I mean, it's like it, it in many ways like the structure of it is very non-traditional. Was it a farm? Or it was, I think it was a farm, yeah, something like yeah. that. And then they converted all this stuff, so it doesn't. It, they didn't like build from the ground up a lot of the buildings, so it doesn't. Mm. You know, he said it looks all wrong, but it feels more like Mount Athos than Mount Athos. Wow, that's a huge statement right there. I know, yeah. You know, so yeah. this. This 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 whole idea of like the spirit of it, you know, the spirit of it being very powerful, very present, um, 
and um, and the not but, to take anything away from Mount Athos. No, I, I've been to Mount Athos many times, and is very formational. Um, no, if anything, it's 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 as as another as a wise man emphasizes, it's 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 good and better. It's not it's not bad and good. Right, right, right. It's good and better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Mount Athos is way up here, right? And maybe some would argue that Essex is not even close to Mount Athos. Right, but but, but I what think he's, he's saying, making a point. It right, was, he was, was making more, a point. Not, not totally rhetorical, but there's like a, a level of it, maybe, you know, yeah. like, well, if we're to uh, interpret the man's, yeah. obviously. Yeah, well, no, I mean, here's another element to this, yeah. is uh, a, an Athenite monk friend of mine who lives in a hermitage outside of, uh, of one of the larger monasteries. He was speaking with uh, some of my former roommates who are now hieromonks in outside of Boston, and mm. um, and they spent a lot of time on Mount Athos and in other um, parts of like the the Eastern European kind of Balkan area at monasteries and things like that. And he, interestingly, when he was talking to one of them, said, "You know, in America, you have an opportunity because your because." In the old countries, you know, there is this beautiful adherence to tradition, but that also comes with a double-edged sword insofar as some of the things that aren't necessarily part of the capital T tradition of the church yeah, are also adhered to very strongly. Depends on where you go, but yeah. There is... Well, no, I mean, I think, I think, every, I think everywhere, if any, any, any culture that has a very long-standing... Yeah, but when I said depends on where you go, I meant like if you go to that mountain village yeah. as opposed to a bigger town, right. they might have some more obscure and local right. stuff. Like there's like my cousins told us these things that hit her their mom uh learned as a kid and my dad heard them and go goes, right. you know, he makes kind of a face and he goes, That's probably from her village. Right. You know, right. like uh, we didn't do that stuff, sure. <laughs> you know. So yeah. I mean, if there's varying degrees, I do know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. I, I do think though there's varying well, degrees of there's the of, village to village stuff, and even I would even argue like church ar- architecture. Like for example, for sure, example, yeah. like the the Russian style, like how how the dome developed, right from yeah. from the traditional Byzantine Snow, style dome to the cupola, right? The, yeah. the onion dome, the onion, mm-hmm. and, and and I'm told that. Uh, from an Orthodox architect, that the Onion Dome had strictly practical. Right, it was from snow. Snow, the... exactly. Right. Yeah, so you know, and, yeah. and now it's like, whoa, it's the Onion Dome. Like, and, and right. some Russian. people might say that you know that if you don't have the Onion Dome, you know, whatever. So anyway, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, saying yeah, some yeah, people. Yeah. I'm not saying me. Sure, sure, sure. Right. I, so I, I do. So I guess I guess all that I, all 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 that I'm saying is in that comment both the comment about Essex and then also the comment from this Athenite monk is that, you know, being able to discern, I'm looking at a book by Andrew Louth now called Discerning the Mystery, being able, being able to discern the mystery of tradition yeah, um, and understanding that we worship a God in spirit and who's in, who exists in spirit and truth, but yeah. who also inhabits, fle- who became flesh. So that's a paradox, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Spirit and truth, who became flesh, right? That's um, right, and 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 being able to understand that in light of our tradition, where 
tradition itself, and I know this is a really tricky thing because there are people that I think really take this and run with it in the wrong direction, but tradition is not static. Oh no, not at all. Right. And, and I think, I think, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's an important point because, you know, there's. It's exactly what I'm saying. Right. It's not static because at the same, while it is and it isn't, it it is and it isn't. You, you take, you look at the overarching tradition, you don't alter it completely but you add a perhaps different a style a perhaps yeah. a different take yeah a different a different um feeling i don't know how to explain no no I I, mean, we see it in byzantine art i mean sure. it's the most unstatic static right. art, art in all of history where you know it, it literally if you from 100 from 100 from one century to the next century it, it's different it's yeah. almost completely different sure and that's due to artistic expression sure but at the same time not breaking away from the mystical spiritual tradition which is iconography sure so that is what i'm what we're trying to do yeah yeah yeah. Uh, well no i i think it's interesting and i I mean i guess my my comment about some of these contemporary figures is um and I mean, maybe it's just because I don't have as much of a trained eye for these things as far as iconography, or maybe it's because I'm living in this era versus others. But my observation from just a, you know, everyday Joe Schmo, <laughs> young priest, you know, kind of observation is that... Just a wide-eyed... Yeah. You know. <laughs> overly romantic, whatever. Whatever. Is that, is that the... the um, the, the 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 creativity of the, the 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 traditional creativity of these people you know whether it was through their pastoral care like saint porphyrius or whether it was through their iconography and architectural styles like saint Sophroni, who himself was an artist and and then became an iconographer um, um there's something surprising about on one level you could you could make the argument that 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 the process of yeah. adhering and then and then your own creativity is somehow linear. So it's like from point A to point, you know, V, you know, I'm going to, um, you know, adhere to the tradition, and then from point V and beyond, you know, to the end mm-hmm. is my own creative twist. Yeah. Right. And it's yeah. not this kind of like disjointed or linear or kind of linear. Right. No. It's it's very. Like it's very said, it's inter very... inter yeah intermingled and oh yeah yeah I think that's the beauty of 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 orthodoxy is that it's it's very much a thing that flows uh it's it, and I think that that's the reality of of eternal life too it, it's not a it's not a well now you are saved like we hear you know uh <laughs> like yeah. we, ex- we see in the in the in Protestantism where it's like in when this, you die the moment, yeah. Well, not even when you. Oh, die. right, 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 right. Yeah, oh, this is right, the moment the, I'm saved. Yes. I, today I'm saved because I raised my hand in church yes. and whatever. Explain. But it also makes me think of eternal life starting at the oh yeah point, death when, when you right, die right right right. No, that's not the case, right? Because yeah. you can live eternal life from now. Um, but 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 yeah, the, there's so many different directions we can go to this. And this quickly derailed from well, from, no, I'm, but to, to me it's, it's related. It's, it's, it's related, related to the creative question. Because sure, that, sure. that's 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 to me is what I'm I'm interested in with your work because sure. you have okay. a creative yeah. side, yeah, 
you know, and you're you're using it with Trisagion Films, and I'm interested to hear you reflect on that sometimes, process and that. Sometimes I think I'd be great at making comedy. <laughs> <laughs> I know that sounds weird, but, like, I've done videos where I had comedic cues in, and I was right on, like, right on the, the dot. And then I, and then I just, I, I sit there and I go, you know, I, I don't anymore as much, but I used to kind of say, oh, man, I only make these kind of slow videos. You know, with the picture that moves slowly and this and that. But but that's where the creativity comes in because I, I add spice here and there. I I sure. add I add It's not like it's kinda of peppered in. It's peppered in. Yeah. And and I think that's what an I think that's what an iconographer does to some mm-hmm. extent. He I think peppers right. within his without disjointing, right? Yep. Without being disjointed, uh he peppers in um his own I think that happens without him realizing it, too. Right. He, he, the iconographer, he just sort of does. I guess, I, and I, this is very interesting because I'm thinking about it. It's kind of connecting things for me, too. And, and I think you're right. I think in many ways that's the safe way to do it. I guess the... What's the, the safe way? Is, is to sort of have it like the, the, the main canvas, you could say, is mm-hmm. like... is kind of evidently part of the tradition and then right. the uniqueness is sort of peppered in. I guess in thinking about these kind of major players, if you want, if you will, in orthodoxy in contemporary times, I think in, in some senses, I almost feel like it's flipped for them. Hmm. Like for someone like Elder Sophroni or even St. Porfirius to an extent, uh, maybe St. Paisius also to an extent, is that it's like, it's almost like everything looks different and until you take a second look yeah like even with the iconography and this i know that this is intentional because there's a book out now by one of the nuns from essex who was taught who was a disciple of of saint sophroni who's also an iconographer and and i i had this observation when i went without reading about this and then i read about it and i was like wow i'm really glad that that was right because it was really interesting is that when you first look at all the icons, they look very plain and kind of unassuming. And there's a sense in which you could just kind of like pass by them and just be like, okay, yo, those are interesting. icons. They, they, they almost look like they're not quite, they're not really that great. Like at first glance. I need to see them. I have I don't think I've yeah. seen it. And don't even look online. You just got to go. Aww. It's not even worth it. I mean, I you can look online look. if you want. <laughs> But then when you look closer, especially at the faces, they something like pops out and like surprises you. All right, I gotta look it up. All right, continue. This is just my own observation. You may not have the same experience. I mean, I mean, I'm. You know. So like at first it's just like eh, okay, and then you look closer and it's like whoa, there's like this like. It's like gentle and very kind of like unassuming, and then there's this like, really powerful revelation through that. I guess you could say. I almost feel like what Father Sophroni was trying to do was make the forms and the sort of externals. He was, I think what he was trying to do is he was trying to make, and this is probably a clunky way of saying it, but he was trying to make the forms and the externals of the faith as transparent as possible. Mm-hmm. So that, oh boy, I got to go. All right. All right, let's we can we can continue this yeah. another, another Let's continue time. it. Okay, cool. So, let's continue it. All right, thank you very much, Strati. Mm-hmm.